computer. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, the podcast where we're digging into the digital revolution. And now there's a revolution inside the revolution. We all know what that is. Since November 30th, nothing's been the same. ChatGPT changes everything all the time. And uh, we are going to get some interesting perspectives on the role that ChatGPT is playing now in the world of software projects and implementation. Today, <clears throat> I'm delighted to have back with us Bonnie Tinder, who is the CEO and founder of Raven Intelligence, which does peer reviews about software projects and the partners who help make them happen. Hello, Bonnie. Good to see you. Great to see you. I'm excited to chat about chat. All right. All right. <laughs> so, Bonnie, no, I was kidding a little bit there in the intro, but uh, I don't know that there's ever been something that within its, uh, what are we, we're in the day one of month five of the chat GPT world uh, that's had this much of an impact, but you've seen it <clears throat> move both in some good ways and perhaps some not so good ways or not yet so good ways into the world of uh, of, of what you cover with, with software projects. For sure, for sure. And, you know, chat GPT is ubiquitous across, I think, all of our lives. I have a 17-year-old at home who um, is using it for homework and writing college essays and and all of that, you know, at the same time as I'm looking at it, you know, in the context of, of our line of work in, in enterprise software. Um, and, you know, so it's it's such a prevalent part of the conversation, no matter if you are, um, you know, a, a kid in school or, um, you know, a professional looking to, to, you know, supercharge what you're doing at, at work. I mean, it really has permeated, you know, the collective conscious, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Bonnie, as you were evaluating that, though, with some of the work you do, you know, projects and helping to evaluate those, could you talk a little bit about it? Because I think you find there are some things that it's quite helpful on and some other areas where there's still some work to be done. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tested it um, pretty significantly around the area of software selection and implementation. So that's the area I focus on anyways. And, um, you know, what I really wanted to see is if I were a customer, so I was interacting with the tool as if I were a customer, what could I potentially glean from it if I were about to make a software uh, purchase decision or implement a piece of software? And um, so I, you know, I tested it pretty extensively asking it for a series of you know scenarios um, and and advice and or you know output and uh, the context of, of both of those things and um, so I came up with a list of of some of the things that I think that would be really helpful for customers in these scenarios and then five things that are um, I think quite dangerous in terms of relying on uh, the tool to to guide decisions. Um, I would say all in all, I think it has potential to really be revolutionary in terms of minimizing the workload, um, you know, in the context of a software purchase or of an implementation um, with a lot of um, training, so to speak. You can't just throw AI the keys and, and let it drive. Um, truly, there's a, a lot of vetting of uh, the data and process that's that's needed along the way. Um, 
So I, I can start up. Yeah. Before you Bye. start on this, I, I just want to get a broader perspective from it because you have been um, involved with these sorts of things, enterprise software evaluation, selection, implementation, partners going on in this, uh, optimizing for businesses, their ability to get the very most out of a software purchase and then the use of that application. So, uh, you know, it's the in, in some ways the basis on which Raven Intelligence has been built and become so successful. So you've seen lots of different things come along like this. And I know you, you said briefly, you see there's a lot of potential with generative AI around software purchasing and so on. But could you just tell me, uh, you know, as a, as a lead into this, um, you mentioned the word just now revolution in, in how this is done. Is it, is this a, is this a good revolution, right? Is this, is this going to be something that's, you know, people can adopt easily and it's going to help them make better decisions in less amount of time? Or is this going to get all cluttered up? And for every one of these things that says, this is the one you should buy, something else is going to say that one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's revolutionary in the fact that it can help um, organize a lot of data and synthesize a lot of data very quickly. Uh, more so than you could do um, on your own or in, in an entire team. Okay. Um, some of the things that I think, you know, these LLMs really do significantly well is, um, you know, take a lot of random information and net it out into simple bullet points. And so much of the time when we're going through these um, you know, evaluations, you have to comb through so much information to really make a good decision. And I think one of the things that's revolutionary about the tool is that it can aid in that process. As long as you feed it with the right information, and that's the huge caveat in this, as long as it's looking at the right data set, it has the capacity to you know, net that information out and boil it down into and into simple, um, digestible pieces, and I think that's what what's very powerful about it. It will draw conclusions that I think um, you know humans can't. Um, I mean, it really does get a good bird's eye view um, most of the time, very accurately, um, and puts it into you know sort of simple. Um, very grammatically correct statements. Um, but with the caveat, it's, you know, you need to sort of double check that it's looking at the right source information in order to do that, um, as well as, you know, vet that information and, and test it against, um, you know, other known things. Um, but in terms of summarizing, I think it, it, it's, it does a great job. Okay. But um, thanks for that overview. So over to you. We've got got five, you know, powerful yep. points here. Yeah. So I, I so I so I came up with a list of, of five good and five bad about uh, what chat can do in, in these contexts. So number one, in terms of the evaluation, um, you know, it, the the AI can provide a list of what you should be considering when you're interviewing uh, potential vendors or selecting potential vendors. You can tell chat GPT your problem and you can get very specific. So mention your industry, your size, what the needs of your company are, 
Now, with that said, nothing that is proprietary or confidential, um, but you can you can provide it with you know the, the main points of what you're looking for, and it will outline important considerations for you. I found that what it's come up with, with let's say, what should I consider in a new a digital transformation, um, you know, for it, it, for HR um, and evaluating an HCM, what are the things that I should be looking for? It did a very good job at um, you know, summarizing what the main uh, points that you should have in, in an RFP should be. And I found that directionally, this was correct and helpful. It helped to distill down the high level areas, um, you know, rather than you having to read 25 blog posts to get you to that point or look at lots of research, um, it, it does summarize those things really well. So that's a positive. I think in so doing, it will accelerate your ability to compare multiple vendors um, very quickly. That means fewer meetings, fewer product demonstrations. Um, it will help you quickly sift through mountains of vendor technical details to come up with, let's say, a feature functionality product comparison. With that said, you need to feed it what you want, you know, all of that data. Um, you know, GPT is trained on information, even GPT, um, you know, four, it only goes back to, um, you know, 2000 and, uh, uh, August of, I think, 2021. So, you know, the information is, you know, it definitely, if you just rely on what it comes up with on its own, that information is, is close to, to 18 months or two years out of date. Um, however, if you were the one who fed it the actual technical specs that you had and were able to do so across, let's say, three main software vendors, it will synthesize that information um, appropriately and help you analyze future functionality comparisons very accurately. So I think that 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 will be an incredible tool. Whereas you know you've had to sort of rely on out of date information or a third party to synthesize that um, in in the past. It can also help look at pricing models. Sometimes you get these different price. Um, you know, uh, you know, price the proposals that you're gonna are gonna get are gonna be difficult to look, um, or sometimes you know they're in different terms from vendor to vendor. I think it will have the ability to help you analyze very quickly um, the pricing models if you feed it that data and do so accurately. So that those two things I think are, are really good in terms of the the evaluation stage. Um, in terms of, you know, the actual implementations, I think ChatGPT has the ability or GPT has the ability, um, you know, to help with integrations. It can, um, you know, create um, or minimize the effort to, um, you know, create code snippets and APIs and, um, you know, minimize potential uh, you know, issues for integrations, which we all know are a, a sticky wicket. And um, so it can create a starting point for those integrations so that the technical resources um, can test them as opposed to having to build things from scratch. So I think that's a, that's a, a huge benefit. And, you know, once 
that um, has really been tightened down. I think integrations can become a lot easier because you can rely on the coding that it provides, um, you know, obviously with testing and things like that, but it can get you there a lot faster. In terms of the data migration in regards to a uh, implementation there too, it can help automate um, the process to extract data and it can potentially understand the structure of the data from the source to the target. And the whole idea of taking data from one system into another um, is, is challenging. And I think that effort can potentially be um, minimized greatly by, by plugging in AI. Already that's, that's in practice today, but I think GPT will supercharge that process. And then finally, in terms of documentation, what, what GPT is really good at is um, creating um, documentation that is grammatically correct and um, very fast and easy to produce. Um, so if you needed to create, let's say, interactive training materials for users, such as tutorials, walkthroughs, FAQs, all of these things that need to be maintained over time, kept up to date, um, and sometimes translated into other languages, I think the capacity is there for it to be able to create some of these things so much quicker than a project team could. Um, with that said, all of what I just talked about, the integrations, the data migration, and the documentation, Again, it's not like throw the keys to AI and let it do all the work. It still will need to be tested and vetted, you know, through a human lens to check that. On the other hand, it's going to greatly minimize the point, um, you know, from getting from point A to B. I mean, it really can help uh, accelerate the process and then, you know, have your experts come in and basically check it and ensure accuracy. Um, but I think that's gonna really help to minimize the effort with, um, with, with some of these projects. Okay. Well, I mean, that's quite, I'm su well, surprised I, what I know, but it, it's impressive to hear the range of areas in which it can be helpful, right? So, and as you've said, just be sure that it, you've, you've done the upfront work so that it, you know, that the GPT, tool knows what it is supposed to be doing, what it's supposed to look for, and it's got the raw materials from which to build those things. That's right. That's right. And I think, um, you know, all of these things are, how should I say, potentials. It's not as if like this is in like production today. On the other hand, the capabilities, especially with four, GPT-4 and, you know, five that's supposedly coming out later this year or, or next, um, you know, all the framework is there to do these things. And, you know, there's so many developers right now, and I'm sure all these consulting firms that do implementations are fast and furious building programs around the tool to do just these things because um, the capabilities are there. Um, so, so flipping though to what is, the downside or what is not available today to help or be productive um, in a software selection or implementation. Um, as I mentioned before, the data is trained from August 2001 and prior. 
So in order for you to get current information or synthesize information, you have to feed it the information. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to go back and say, compare these three software vendors for me. Tell me what's, um, you know, the positives and negatives of all three of those. If you did that, you would get some directionally correct information. But again, it's based on old data and it is definitely not comprehensive in terms of um, its knowledge of, let's say, customer issues and, and things like that. So again, it's directionally correct in terms of what are the things that we should be looking for. It's helpful educationally, but it will not say give you a good, you know, tell me about these three vendors in terms of product comparisons. That it does not have unless it's fed the data explicitly. Um, AI is also not going to sell your idea internally or your project internally and get others on board. Um, we know these projects are successful um, because of the people who run them and um, those, uh, you know, the, the, the effort that gets the commitment of the organization behind it and stakeholders behind it. AI and robots are not going to do that. Um, so the successful projects can be aided certainly by, um, by AI, but it, it can't be run by them. Um, you know, number three, AI does not understand the nuances of your business and it will give you erroneous timelines. So I did, um, an extensive experience, uh, experiment around asking it for advice. If I were to do a global payroll implementation. Um, and I asked it for timelines. And if I wanted to be live on, let's say, January 1, 2024, work backwards and tell me what things I would need to do between now and then to be successful in that project. So like it did with some of the other tasks I had asked it, it came up with some directionally correct information However, if I had relied on that data to actually create my timeline, nobody would be paid on January 1. Not even close. I mean, it was like, it, 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 and, and also the timeline that it put together for a payroll implementation was so far from realistic um, that in this case, it was not helpful. Um, so... AI is not going to understand the nuances, nor can it realistically put together a time frame without a lot of explicit training in this area. Um, so you're still going to need to be the brains behind the operation that way, um, as well as help with your vendor, help with your consulting party um, that, that you have um, on, on your project. Um, AI is going to be able to help you write documentation that is grammatically correct. That's one of the best things about ChatGPT is how good it sounds. Um, and you don't have typos um, like most humans make. Um, it is easy to understand and absorb for the most part, but it still needs to be checked and rechecked to ensure that it's not misrepresenting um, your company or misleading uh, the tasks at hand. It absolutely makes errors. Um, and I think because it sounds so good and it's so grammatically correct, it's 
sometimes they're harder, harder to spot. So it's going to accelerate the process, um, you know, and, and sort of giving you the, the starting point. Um, but it, it, again, the human aspect and, um, you know, and, and spot checking things is always going to need to be there, um, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, I think another negative, um, you know, we talked about the speed that it can help migrate your data over, which is great. But, you know, garbage data is still garbage data. Um, yeah. AI is just going to make it faster to move garbage over into a new system. So the idea of like uh, data cleanliness and, and things like that um, is still going to be an enormous consideration. And, um, you know, while AI will have the capabilities to be trained to, let's say, normalize data or clean it up, um, you know, for certain things, it it is not going to be able to, you know, make the data correct when it's not correct in the first place without explicit instructions. So again, it your the data will be faster to move, still needs to be um, you know monitored and cleaned up by by humans. Um, and I think you know just most importantly, um, you know, humans make projects go. So AI is not going to be able to observe or assess or provide feedback on the performance of a team member um, or look at their contributions to the project. Um, you know, they're going to be able to, you know, AI is going to help in terms of synthesizing the, the output and keeping track of tasks and things like that. But AI is not a people manager. And these projects are so dependent on the dynamics of a team. And um, while I think AI is going to be able to make a lot of the tasks a lot easier um, for people. It is, um, you know, it's, it's just going to supercharge the process and not eliminate the need for humans to be very involved um, as well. Well, Bonnie, thanks. Those are a couple of great lists there, you know, the things that can be so helpful in the things that where it's not there yet. And I think, um, <clears throat> you know, that uh, uh, a theme that came up from you over and over again. I think you did a great job of articulating this was directionally, it's really good with this. Directionally, it can help out there. And Bonnie, just, you know, overall, the the 10 different comments you offered for on the plus and the minus side, it just made me think more and more. Um, AI's been around for I think 67 years now. And uh, even though it's really just become so prevalent and prominent in the last 18 months especially the last four months, uh, that that's people are still going to think about it. And we had in our heads the robots and machines will take over, artificial intelligence. There's nothing artificial about it. I mean, it's it's intelligent and it's it's very real. And it's here. I think from what you've said, the A more and more, I've been hearing this around some people talk more about augmented intelligence, right? And that the essential notion of putting the the tool and the human together to do a better outcome for humans. And I think you did a great job too in, in uh, emphasizing this is a tool that can augment what people do. It is not one to step in and say, okay, we can automate the whole, you know, the machine cannot make a mistake in picking out the right vendor and then telling you, you know, how to implement it, how to make it work, how to run the team. Uh, we do get carried away sometimes, I think with, holy crap, if it can do this, then it must be able to do that. Well, 
It was uh, AI was invented by people. I, I'm pretty sure, and uh, I think we still got uh, you know qu quite a bit of runway left. But we got to see it in the right perspectives and through the right lenses. And I think your uh, your list today and your thoughtfulness in putting this together is going to be very helpful for a lot of folks. Awesome. Well, I I am very interested to see how quickly. Um, you know, some of this, you know, comes to pass and how quickly um, AI is going to start changing the world of projects. We're certainly monitoring um, that and timeframes. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, once this is incorporated into process, how that's going to change the dynamics of a project and if it's truly going to make them, you know, faster and cheaper. And if that's the case, then it's going to make switching software um you know, even these big custom systems, yeah. um, a lot easier. Um, so that that will dramatically change the landscape of our of our industry for sure. Well, wild stuff, Bunny. Great, great. Um, thanks for getting out on front of this. I haven't heard anybody else talking about this sort of thing the way you do, but that's sort of par for the course for what you do and uh, and what you do over at Raven Intelligence. So, Bunny, thanks so much. This has been terrific. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, and thanks to you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. This is uh, one of our monthly special guests, Bonnie Tinder, founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence, on the impact that uh, generative AI and perhaps chat B GPT in particular can have in the whole software evaluation process. Some good things, some not so good. Thanks for being with us.